Hello, this is Tom Stever with Soil Smart, a podcast from the Soil Health Partnership. In our podcasts, we're talking soil health, why it matters, the ag practices that foster it, and the farmers who live it. Today, we're talking to Abigail Peterson, the Southern Illinois and Missouri Field Manager for the Soil Health Partnership, about cover crops and the 2018 harvest. Abigail, what does a soil health partnership field manager do? Field managers have a wide range of responsibilities. So pretty much going through with our farmers in the program, everything that encompasses incorporating best management practices. So either from cover crops or nutrient management, making some establishment notes and and getting ideas of what varieties or types of cover crop mixes to put in. And then we go throughout the season monitoring the cover crops in the spring, taking establishment notes then as well, being there during planting, making sure that the farmer, if they have any questions or need any support during the year, and then throughout the year, our farmers, we are making notes out there of how the cash crop is doing. And then we also hold many field days within the states. We're focused in the Midwest and we hold many field days with a lot of organizations and really just getting that farmer-to-farmer network working together and also just outreach of what's working in the state and what we're seeing in the field for these best management practices. And then also now harvest and collecting yield data. So we collect yield data at all the sites as well. So we encompass a lot of things as field managers. So what did you see this past year with cover crop growth in Illinois and Missouri? I cover a a wide geography. So of course, weather plays a huge part in that. And so it differed really across the state and in of course in Missouri where they had a lot more drier conditions. But really during the spring for the cover crop establishment, there was great moisture in the ground. So we had some great cover crop growth during the spring. And that's kind of when it really matters because a lot of the, the heavy impact rains come during the spring. And when usually in fields, there's nothing on the ground to keep that soil intact. So we had great growth in the spring and then scattered rains across the state in, in southern Illinois. Really, the cover crops looked good and planting was timely and then really just monitored the cover crops versus the control strips during the season and see what agronomic differences we saw. Really seeing the difference between the cover crop and the cash crop agronomically and seeing what pest management measures need to be taken and what type of nutrient stresses we saw out there versus each treatment. And really farmers get a good idea when they're walking out there, you know, are we seeing more of a a nitrogen stress within corn plots? Is there a different growth development between the cover crop strips versus the control? Really taking those types of notes and what the farmer needs to know to make management decisions that are best for them. And are we reaching those economic thresholds that we need to start making decisions? What challenges did farmers that you work with encounter? I work with a wide variety of farmers. So farmers who have been experienced and have been growing cover crops for 10 plus years to farmers who have just started. So I really use them as a tool to learn what I should be looking for. But challenges that came up, nitrogen stress in corn, if you're planting a cover crop, a really a grass species, especially before corn, is there any tie up in the soil that's happening with your nutrients? Is there different approaches that need to be taken as far as split applications or really a starter when you put your crash crop in? You really want to give the corn or soybeans the best ideal conditions to grow in. So cover crops really builds that with keeping your soil structure strong and your water holding capacity at top performance. 
But you also want to be considerate of, are we tying up anything in the soil that's going to hinder that either corn or soybean crop? And those are the notes that I'm taking and making sure that our farmers are making the right decisions and and adjusting what they're doing because it's a system change and and it's not going to be the same management that you would do in a conventional system. So how did farmers overcome or learn from the challenges that they had? Definitely, it's a learning experience. So even... uh, pest monitoring. So I know last year slugs in Southern Illinois was more of a concern. And this year with the dry conditions, slugs weren't even a priority. (laughs) They weren't even seen out there. And that's pest control in any type of system. You know, it's very weather dependent. It's dependent on, you know, crop rotation and stuff like that. So this year there wasn't really too big of an issue. It was kind of boring for me. I was kind of hoping for something exciting to happen. But really, the biggest thing was making sure we weren't seeing any stresses as as far as nutrients, especially with drier conditions. I tried to see within strips, you know, are the cover crops helping that soil take in more water during rain events and being able to hold on to it more. So when monitoring the corn crop, are the soils within our cover crop treatments being able to hold more water because they have, you know, a stronger structure, more pore space, being able to hold more water on those uh, soil surfaces. So when we, we come across a droughty period, especially during pollination, when that moisture is key, are the cover crop strips, are those kernels being able to fill out more? Are they experiencing less tip back? Are the stalks stronger? And we can see that in lodging, making those types of notes and and seeing really what's out there. Missouri was very dry across the board. So really, it was kind of hard to walk through those plots. It was just so dry on both treatments. Of course, it's a system change. So farmers who are just getting started now, it takes a couple of years for your soil to build up especially in the long run. Our farmers are in this program for at least five years. So within those five years, that's really where I'm looking for. Are these are these changes going to make a difference in the long run? And you can really alleviate some of that risk that comes with weather and pest control. So how do the cash crops do in the areas that you cover? For most of my area uh, in South Central Illinois, it was pretty timely. Guys got in the field pretty timely. And then there were a couple of rains that that kept them back. But overall, it was a good year. Most of my guys were in the soybean part of the rotation. So soybeans were yielded great. And really the differences between treatments wasn't too drastic. So there wasn't a big yield advantage or disadvantage for cover crops. And and I think that's kind of important to, to tell that we're not seeing, you know, a huge disadvantage when adding a cover crop into the system. And so over the years that we're monitoring these treatments, we can start to see within our soil health test and our soil routine analysis, are there progressive differences that are making those areas of the field, giving them advantage in the long run. And it's nice to see now that they're not really hindering the crop in any way. So that was great to see. And we do take yield off the monitor and we're getting those throughout the whole field on each strip. So we can really give a good return of investment of what that strip is producing versus a control. Now, from what you observed, (coughs) Abigail, how did cover crops and other practices that promote soil health impact this year's harvest? Definitely when walking onto strips, especially in no-till fields, it's a huge difference when I personally can walk through the field and in a no-till cover crop system, I am 
standing on top of that soil, boots clean, stock standing upright. And then once I move into the treatments of if it's either no-till no without a cover crop or if it's been conventionally tilled, I sink into that ground. And I don't weigh that much. And so considering the equipment that's out there, if I'm sinking, you can just imagine what impact the compaction of your equipment is. So I think it gives a, an advantage to farmers who, who need to get out there in not ideal conditions to get things done. I think it gives that farmer an advantage who needs to get out into the field and get the crop off, even if it's not the most ideal conditions. He knows he has that soil beneath him that can give him a little bit of an advantage. And I think in the long run, that really does make a difference. Let's talk about test strips here versus control strips. What types of differences, if any, did you see in the project between the test strips and control strips? Our plots are a whole field. What they are is two treatments replicated four times randomly throughout the field. It's really great for me as an agronomist to walk out because I really get to see, is that cover crop making the impact on the cash crop planted? Or is it something else such as, was it a mechanical issue that was more of an error? Or was it just the part of the field that is more low productive? Is that what's making the difference? Or is it the cover crop? Is it the cover crop that really is making the difference between the strips? So I can walk through a field and see objectively, you know, what is the difference and go from a control. When I say control, it would be the treatment that the farmer would normally plant. So if he was doing a corn soybean rotation, did fall tillage, maybe a fall anhydrous application, and then versus a strip where he is moving towards no-till in a cover crop. That would be his adaptive management strip and being able to compare those throughout the field. And as I'm comparing and making agronomic notes, we are also soil sampling each strip composite sample of a soil health analysis that goes through Cornell and Haney, and then also a routine analysis, which is grid sampled. The routine analysis is every year. Soil health analysis is every other year. And then my agronomic notes, and on top of that, is our yield analysis, so getting the yield off of each strip. So really taking everything into consideration, along with the farmer's input. I mean, he's been farming that field for years and just knows the production of that field and the, the potential that it has and he has his he can make his analysis as well as what he has on his farm so whether that be aerial imagery or or notes as well being able to use that and use all different types of technology all different type of um, observations into making the cover crop and seeing if it's making an impact towards greater production as an agronomist i started with the program in november i worked in seed production before and And being able to work with these farmers to not only enhance their practice of using cover crops or or no-till or strip tillage, um, whatever that may be, being able to work with these farmers and seeing what their goals are and helping them achieve them is awesome and, and what I love to do. And also being there to help see how those changes can be made and what what successes they are having and being able to expand that to people in their area. I think it's important that our data is very regional as well. So we're taking farms in an area with those soil types in that farm history and being able to expand that to that area and what data we're getting is what I think is important incorporating these practices and also, you know, what someone is doing way up north isn't what we can apply down here in the south and and even in Missouri and even just 
a 20 mile radius. It differs a lot and especially weather wise. And that's a huge, huge driver of a lot of things with incorporating these practices. These farmers being able to create a network within themselves in an area is huge. And then being able to And what I think will be the success when trying to reach goals, if it's either increasing organic matter or or reducing erosion, whatever it may be, you know, Southern Illinois, there's a fragile pan layer to consider depending on your soil types. And so being able to use what we're getting on our farms as far as what types of cover crops they're using, what is the right termination date that we're seeing, you know, what notes can we we provide a farmer to make it a success on their farm and reduce the risk that that comes with this as as far as any type of challenge that a farmer encounters that I can shed any light on is what I hope to do. Thank you, Abigail Peterson, the Southern Illinois and Missouri Field Manager for the Soil Health Partnership. And thanks for joining us for Soil Smart. To find more podcasts and information from the Soil Health Partnership, go to soilhealthpartnership.org or subscribe through iTunes or Google Play.